Hey, Adam, guess what time it is? It's time to crack the customer code. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 39 of Crack the Customer Code. I'm Jeannie Walters, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Adam Tkorek. Today, we are going to discuss whether or not employee empowerment really works, or if it's just the most recent management fad when it comes to customer experience. So, Adam, what do you think? Is it a fad? I think it has elements of fadism, but employee empowerment's been, been I'm making up words, so it's okay. <laughs> employee empowerment's been around forever, and it's a truly effective technique, but there's definitely a little uh, bandwagon stuff going on, so I think we can talk about all that, Jeannie. I agree. I think we've got a, a great discussion topic today. So first, let's hear from our fantastic sponsor, Service Strategies. We all know that customer experience is hot, but are you taking advantage of its huge potential to make your services business more prominent and profitable? Join Service Strategies for an informative customer experience workshop in San Diego on October 27th. You'll learn how to create customer success while generating profitable revenue for your services business. The workshop is part of the Service Industry Summit event, which brings together leaders from companies like Cisco, Dell, and others to discuss the challenges of a changing service landscape. Visit servicestrategies.com, that is servicestrategies.com, to learn more. And if you're trying to reach business leaders or CX professionals, our podcast reaches the specialized group twice a week. Go to crackthecustomercode.com slash sponsor for full details. So, Adam, I think this term employee empowerment is thrown around quite a bit as one of the kind of touch points of customer experience. It's something that a lot of people say you need it. It has to be part of it. And we hear these words a lot, but I don't think we're necessarily defining them (laughs) in the best way (laughs) or executing on it in the best way. So I'm curious, first of all, how would you define employee empowerment before we jump in too much? Employee empowerment is essentially giving authority or responsibility to employees that enables them to perform in the moment more. It's not really a dictionary definition, but that's essentially what it is. It is uh, responsibilities and authority. Now, that is actual empowerment. Now, where most people get confused is there's another concept that researchers look at called psychological empowerment. So here's the difference. I say, okay, Jeannie, you can comp any customer up to $50. Mm -hmm. That's actual empowerment. I've given you the ability to comp a customer up to $50. Psychological empowerment is, well, you've been at the company for four years, and our culture has never been one that allowed comps. Anytime you've given away something for a customer to a customer, you've not, you've been berated, you've been disciplined. Anytime you've done that, you've been shut down. So mm-hmm. even though I've just given you that empowerment, you don't feel psychologically empowered. You don't feel like you can actually use it in that culture. And that's a big difference. Well, and I think that's a great point. And I also would bring up that so much of this does come back to not only culture, but really what is your bigger mission as an organization? And so many you know, places talk about employee empowerment. And then they have these mission statements that are basically like, we deliver value to shareholders. (laughs) And so (laughs) that doesn't always jive with how somebody, to your point, might need to comp a customer or might need to uh, resolve a situation in the moment that isn't necessarily a profitable moment. It's something that long term will serve you for customer loyalty and all of those things. But if you're talking all the time about short-term results, 
then you're not going to be able to, to your point, give people that psychological empowerment so that they feel like they can do the right thing for the customer. Exactly. Exactly. It's a, it's a self-reinforcing loop. Culture and empowerment go together. The more mm -hmm. you empower, the more that can help culture, and the more the culture is created in a positive environment that's customer-centric, the more that helps with empowerment and people actually using the empowerment they've been given because that is one of the big challenges is in empowerment is getting employees to actually use the authority you've given them. Right, right. Well, and I know you've really dug into this topic quite a bit on your blog, and you have a pretty in-depth resource page available. So what are... Um, some of the ways that you've seen this really work, you think? Well, you know, we've all seen it in the moment. And you and I, we talk a lot of, about customer effort and the hassle factor. And one of the key things empowerment does is it helps eliminate that. Okay, mm -hmm. it helps eliminate one of the things we always talk about in customer experience, which is transfers. The more, right. you're, the more you're transferred, the more unhappy you are, et cetera. Well, the transfers are because the person at that time cannot resolve the issue. So I can tell you about a small business, one of the service businesses I've owned many, many years ago. You know, we came at it from a typical small business perspective, which is any kind of refund or comp had to have a manager or a supervisor or approval. You know, we had all these sort of little mini layers for what had to happen. And one day I just sort of woke up and this is, this is way before, I mean, this is a long time ago, but I just sort of woke up and said, okay, what happens if we just let them cop it what happens if they can solve it in the moment and you know we said anything up to this amount you can take care of you can give them this you can give them that you can give them this just do what you have to do for the customer and what we found is one they took care of a lot of issues in the moment and that's the whole point of empowerment so a five dollar issue doesn't become a five hundred dollar issue where you risk losing the customer mm-hmm okay mm -hmm. and what we also found was that they were more protective of our money than we would have been <laughs> we had we had to incur we had to like push them to use it mm -hmm. and the culture wasn't bad before i mean we weren't really like disciplining people if they did stuff they just had you know there was a system and all that so it wasn't bad and it was a pretty easy transition for us but i mean i saw in the real world how this could immediately affect customer experience because employee morale was better uh the customers were happier and because when the customers are happier they're not yelling at the employees right they're not complaining right. they're oh thank you great i appreciate that this was this was messed up you took care of it thank you I love y'all again. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and I think that it's it's something about that moment of resolution because there's a lot of data out there that actually shows if you solve a problem for a customer in the moment, um, even if they've had a problem, if you solve it in the right way and they feel satisfied with that resolution, loyalty actually increases. So, you know, one of the most uh, written about examples of this is uh, the Ritz-Carlton, right? And how they offer, they basically empower their employees to solve things and give them a certain amount, just like you're talking about. $2,000. Right. That's what it was last time. I, it it goes up all the changed? time. So I don't know. That's why I didn't quote it. But I, it, it was kind of a remarkable amount of money, no matter how you look at it. And part of what they realized very early on as an organization is that, you know, if somebody has an issue in one of their beautiful properties, it's a luxury experience, and it gets resolved in the right way where they feel like they were really taken care of, that person not only will feel better about the experience with the brand, but they will mention those employees by name 
in their feedback. And this is something we've heard from organizations like JetBlue as well. JetBlue really empowers their employees to solve issues for their passengers. And they say over and over that what comes back to them are specific names because people are so impressed with how they're treated. And I think in all the discussions out there about how customer service is losing its humanity, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, these show that a little humanity goes a long, long way. And that's all about empowering people. And to your point, giving them those tools of both knowing what to do, but then also feeling like they know how to do it in the moment. And that comes to culture and mission and all of these things. So I think there's no doubt in my mind that this is a winning strategy. The problem that I see over and over, and I'm sure you do too, is that people talk about it and yet they behave totally differently. And so I'll give you one of my examples when I was working as a poor college kid (laughs) and I was a waitress and the owner of the restaurant was really hard on her employees. So if a customer had an issue with something and we had to bring it back, we were the ones who kind of got in trouble for that, even if it was the food, which we didn't prepare. But it became so painful that I would see people do really unethical things to avoid the wrath of this woman. And so they would switch meals on people and stuff like that just to make sure that they didn't lose money basically because she would cut shifts and she was very uh, disciplinary in that way. Nice. And it, it's like the exact opposite of what customers actually want and it's the exact opposite of what works. But she talked about how much she loved her employees all the time and we would just kind of roll our eyes. <laughs> well, that's just, you know, that's like putting the poster on the wall that says we love our customers. Right. I mean, right. I mean, anybody can say it. You know, I've sort of found there's two groups of people with employee empowerment. There are the people that sort of write about it and talk about it and just like it cures everything with no concern for risk or scale or operational, you know, realism. And then there's the other people, which are the, usually the people in the trenches, small business owners, uh, department managers, di- uh, whatever, division leaders, and they're scared to death of it because they are the ones who talk to the lawyers and the insurance agents and everyone else and know that every time they loosen the reins, there's an element of risk to that. And you know, here's an example I use. And this is, I, I talk about the thing I like to use is the idea of smart empowerment, which means you really are strategic about how you empower an employee. And so let's take the cashier at a grocery store. Okay, there's no reason not to empower the cashier at a grocery store to comp you know, a small amount of money just to take care of it right there at the register, $25. That's smart empowerment. To use an extreme example, should the entry-level cashier at the grocery store be empowered to make you know, $10,000 wire transfers on the company account? No. <laughs> but it's an extreme example, but I use it to prove the point. There's Because people are like, you should empower employees to do everything. No, there's always limits. Mm-hmm. Now, that's an extreme example, but... There, you're always going to have to find limits. There's always all kinds of risks. And, you know, that uh, post you talked about actually outlined a lot of the different risks that I see. I mean, and they have different levels of risk. You know, there's minor operational decisions like, uh, you know, should I take a refund mm-hmm. or should I, should I return an item? There, there's major things like speaking uh, direct customer, uh, sorry, public communication on an issue. Mm-hmm. Is an employee empowered to... Uh, right on the blog (laughs) or whatever it may be. And all of these things have different levels of risk. And I think empowerment, people get so scared of the complexity of evaluating that, that they just throw their hands up in the air. 
Yeah. It's just like, it's too hard. It's too much trouble. And the catch is it's such a powerful tool that they need to put in the work and figure it out. Well, and I think you look at some of the leaders out there and Zappos always comes to mind with this topic because they're kind of going, they're all in on employee engagement and empowerment. And they spend a lot of time training everybody about who they are and what they deliver before they set them loose. And I think that that's an error I've seen too, is that they say, yes, we want to employ, we want to empower our employees, but they really don't spend any time training them before they cut them loose in whatever capacity it is. And so I think it's really, it's a great point about risk and about how you tie that into who they are, what they do, and how you're asking them to do it, basically. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, if we look at ways to empower employees, there's a lot of easy ways for any business or department to sort of get their feet wet, so to speak, in employee empowerment. I mean, you don't have to jump all in with a huge program necessarily. You can sort of baby step into empowerment. And one thing's just to loosen the reins on small stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, just say, you know what? We don't need three supervisors to sign that form anymore. You know, that's <laughs> some, somebody <laughs> stubbed their toe once in 1987. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and we're still using this form because, you know, we got a nasty letter once. And, right. that, and that happens. I actually talk about something called rule accretion. And it's just mm-hmm. over time, it's just layer on layer on layer. Something happens. We make a rule, a policy, a procedure, or the lawyers do, or the insurance company does. And some of those you can't avoid, of course, in the real world. But you can always try to make it easier for customers. And one of the ways to do that is to empower the frontline employees to handle as much of it in the moment at that time as possible. Well, and Jean Bliss, who was a guest on the show, she talks about kill a rule day, like (laughs) look around and try to kill rules because there usually are too many of them, especially for any organization that's been around a little while. But I think that's a a great way to do it. And I also think that making sure that uh, you have some way to really gather customer feedback and then share it back with your employees helps empower them as well, because then they really understand what works and what doesn't. And when they made it maybe a misstep or when they actually did something that got great feedback for them, that's closing that loop should be part of employee empowerment as well. Well, that's a great, great concept because it empowers even the negative feedback empowers them in a lot of ways. Because mm-hmm. because if you, if you structure it positively, the feedback, you can learn so much from it. And if you couple that with the positive feedback they've gotten. You know, it really is powerful. That's a great one. And I think that ties in with demonstrating to the team that you trust them, particularly if the culture has not been that in the past. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying to be stupid about your trust, but, you know, things <laughs> like, but, you know, if you give somebody, hey, the, these abilities, if you empower them to do some things and they do it not quite the way you wanted them to, don't eat their lunch for them. Right. You know, don't eat their lunch. I mean, just, <laughs> you know, you can coach them and say, okay, well, here's the best way, you know, you could have done it, but you know, coming down with the hammer when they're trying to do what you want them to do, but they don't execute it perfectly. Yeah. That's how you kill it. And that's hard for a lot of bosses out there. They want it done exactly the way they would do it. And sometimes your people are going to choose a different path. And sometimes the outcome will be exactly the same. And so it's a matter of stepping back and thinking about what was the actual outcome here? Did we have a happy customer? Did we stay within the limitations that make sense for our business? And then move on from there and coach according to that, not just like 
you use the word terrific, I would have used the word fantastic, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastico. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that's great because you're you know, not just coaching, but collaborating. Because one of the things, you know, and we see this all the time in so many areas of customer experience is the disconnect between the C-suite and the front lines. So yep. collaborating on what empowerment they need when you're structuring the program and mm -hmm. continually evolving that and saying, okay, what tools do you need? What, where are, where are the stop gaps? Where are the road bumps that we're hitting in the customer experience? And that can help free up a lot of things because you'll get the feedback. They say, look, I need to be able to do this. Right. Right. And I think that this all comes back to, again, like understanding who you are as an organization, what you want to deliver as an organization, and then peeling the layers of that onion so that you understand what kind of empowerment would make that delivery better? What kind of empowerment would help our employees feel like they are more empowered to actually deliver on that experience as well? So this is kind of a miracle because you and I are agreeing on almost everything when it comes to employee and empowerment. So I think we can say that we think it's a winning strategy overall. And it's just a matter of how can you actually step through and make it work for your organization? Absolutely. I second that. <laughs> <laughs> so go forth, empower your employees. But don't be a chump. <laughs> but don't be a chump. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode and we would love to know what you think. Please give us a shout out at thecustomercode at gmail.com or 470-223-CODE. And as always, thank you for listening to Crack the Customer Code. And make sure you check out all the show notes and our shows at crackthecustomercode.com. And a very special thanks to our sponsor, Service Strategies, for supporting this podcast. Make sure to check out their informative customer experience workshop in San Diego on October 27th. Go to servicestrategies.com for more details. And of course, please subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher so you'll never miss an episode. If you like what you hear, we'd love your comments and a review. And we also love seeing our listeners share the podcast with their networks. Share the love. I'm Adam Deport, and you can connect with me and find out more about our customer service workshops and training at CustomersAtStick.com. I'm Jeannie Walters. Read my blog, sign up for customer experience webinars, and connect with me at 360connects.com or GeniCW on Twitter. Until next time, take care of yourself and take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.